Do you have a specific texting style? I'm an all caps. <laughs> I'm an all caps person. I'm a loud talker. From purposely mistyping something because it's like cool, and then I'll fight the autocorrect when I want to to be normal. If I am just meeting you, I'm going to do Queen's English, capital I. I think I started like recklessly sending text messages where I don't read them, and I just send whatever was typed out for me. If I become more and more your friend, those capital letters go out the window. You can always tell when I'm on a desktop and mobile because my first letter will be capitalized. If you're spelling vibes with a Z instead of an S, and they'll try to correct it. I'm like, no, this is not who I am. Hello, and welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Ashley Carmen, that's me, and Caitlin Tiffany, that's me, examine the choices technology forces us to make. Today, what are we talking about? Why do you type like that? That is very vague. Can you be more specific? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Why do you use all lowercase letters when you type to me, either just on Slack, on Twitter, on texting. And when I say you in the general, not Caitlin specifically, do you type in all lowercase? I don't know if you do. Yes, I do type in all lowercase. I am one of those people, guilty, who wants to appear on Twitter as if she could not possibly care less about her thought that she is carefully putting together and then putting on the internet. And therefore, always types in lowercase. And if I am tweeting from my phone, I will even deliberately fight the autocorrect that capitalizes things to make it lowercase so that I seem detached and cool. Yeah, of course. You are so detached and so cool. (laughs) So like this episode, we're talking about lowercase, but we're Mm -hmm. also, I guess, kind of broadening to talk about general conventions around punctuation, even some spelling. Basically, why do we type the way we do? How do we end up here? Specifically, like, why do you put effort into doing things incorrectly? Right. Fighting autocorrect. That's a choice you have to make. Your phone wants you to be proper. Your phone is like, hey, guess what? Eyes are supposed to be capitalized. Mm -hmm. New York City, all capital letters. NYC, all capital letters. Your phone's got your back. Yeah. Why do we fight it? It's a good question. My yeah. phone wants me to capitalize your name when I'm talking about you to other people right. behind your back. And I'm like, no, <laughs> she gets a lowercase right now. <laughs> well, so this episode came about because of our beautiful listeners who mm-hmm. were like, hey, you should do an episode about all the lowercase letters I keep seeing. And then the person on Twitter who messaged me was like, it seems you do it, too. So why do you do that? And I was like, wow, turning it on me. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I've stopped. You've stopped using all lowercase? I'm pretty sure I've stopped for the most part. Because you know what? I did think it made me look effortless and cool. But then I was like, I just look dumb because you could tell. All right, as I say this, I'm looking at my first tweet, the I is lowercase. God Mm. damn it. All right. You know what? Here I thought I was reformed. Just kidding, guys. I still use all lowercase on Twitter. (laughs) Your pinned tweet is very formal. My pinned tweet is formal. Capital I nuked my Twitter. Just kidding. Twitter is lowercase. Make up your mind. I know. But then every other tweet from then on is all lowercase. I think sometimes I just get lazy and don't feel like fighting the I. But in a lot of circumstances, I will lower the I. I will say that for texting, I actually truly don't care. I will let autocorrect do basically anything to my text, even make them borderline unreadable. I'm just like, you will get the basic message. It's fine. And I don't have anything to prove. If I'm texting you, like you're, it's either Ashley and Lizzie or my mom or <laughs> How do you Frankie. feel when I say like to you, you're like you are? Because that's where I've reached with texting is now I'm just full you. Like I'm like into the you economy. 
Yule. I think it's fine. Apostrophe LL. I don't care. I'm like, I need to get through this text as fast as physically possible. Caitlin knows I'm literate. Caitlin knows I know the word you as a word. Texting is a utilitarian format for me at this point. It's like, I am communicating basic information to you. As long as you can process it, it's fine. I don't I don't really care about how I come off in texting. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like we both have very strange conventions. We don't actually know why we do what we do necessarily. I do want to point out that I do feel uncomfortable when I text with someone who doesn't use emoji and also uses all correct punctuation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I feel uncomfortable with that. Okay. Um, do you feel okay. that way as well or no? I can see what you're saying. I think we can investigate that. I'll yeah. also say that like the your thing, like all of these casual liberties we're talking about, if I were just starting to text with someone, like you meet somebody on a dating app or something and you just start texting with them, if they were doing all this sloppy stuff, I'd be like, I can't tell if you're casual or very stupid. Fair enough. So it's all context dependent, I Fair think. Enough. Well, you have to at least prove, you know, there, 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 your, your, your. Honestly, I feel like we're coming into this episode with a lot of questions. Yeah. Some behavior that we've noticed, but like not really a concrete thesis here. Yeah. We're just like psychoanalyzing ourselves in like a very unprofessional and not journalistically rigorous way. So we talked to some users, of course. Some pals. Some pals. Yeah. This is a pals episode. Oh, I love it. I talked to my friend Laura, who I've known since college. And ever since I've known Laura, I distinctly just know about her that she texts in all lowercase. I've been texting with the lowercase ever since I got a phone. I was probably 13. Even the first time we first started texting, I noticed that she always types in lowercase. I also have looked back at old diaries and I would journal with all lowercase. Like the letter I would be lowercase and just I would start the sentence that way. Okay, so for many, many years. Yes. She is not a trend bandwagon jumper. No, this no, is no. part of who she is. Yes. And her first phone she used lowercase. T9, like all lowercase for sure. Her iPhone now she sets to permanent lowercase. Whoa. Apparently that's a setting. I had actually no idea that that was a setting. <laughs> yeah. But she does want to clarify that she knows the differences between lowercase and uppercase and uses them when appropriate. Sometimes I have to go back and make certain letters capital if I'm writing like thank you or something. I will say that like with professional like emails and things like that, I definitely do uppercase letters where it's appropriate. I tried to push her on why she does it. Why deep down does she feel the need to lowercase everything? I feel like with texting, it's so casual and I want to communicate lightheartedly and just like in the moment. I don't know. Even though she can't necessarily communicate her exact feelings about why she uses lowercase, she says people do call her out on it. Some people have said things like, oh, why do you text all lowercase? It's so cute. I've noticed it mainly when someone's putting their name in my phone that they'll be like, oh, why do you have it all lowercase? The only time she doesn't text in all lowercase is when she's upset or trying to make a point. I either text all caps or all lowercase. It's just very dramatic. Now, Laura is a very sweet person. Truly, she's so sweet. She doesn't judge people, but she does say if you use correct punctuation, she might uh, assume a little bit about who you are and your age. You text me like a dad. Yeah, I'm like, what's wrong with you? It makes me feel like I you're love a getting killer. texts from my dad. It's like, give me a call, period. Yeah, I'm like, relax. I'm like, man. what's going on? Are you dying? Do I need to be worried? <laughs> I know. Okay, so I guess, like, from Laura, what I have gained is an understanding that there are some people who 
texts all in lowercase, not because they are obsessed with their personal brand, but because <laughs> it's just who they are. Yeah. Organically, naturally. Her brand is her, truly. Like that she's been is, doing this since she was a kid. The dream is to truly be one with your brand. She has accomplished <laughs> it. She has reached that point. But yeah, it also seems like, sort of like you and me, she can't really necessarily pinpoint why she does it. She just knows she's been doing it forever. She likes it. Mm-hmm. It feels right. Like it could be stylistic reasons. It could be because she wants to seem casual. She really doesn't know. And I feel like that's what's so tricky about this topic is that we're hunting for this answer. I mean, right now I'm kind of like, are we actually going to find one? Okay. So she's just saying that for her, it's a matter of taste on like the truest, most natural level. Like for example, if you love cookies and cream ice cream over like cookie dough ice cream you're not gonna probably have a reason you just like it better wow that is so true but I don't agree with that but it's true for me I'm choosing lowercase in a way where I would say I just don't like the aesthetic of cookies and cream I don't want to be associated with cookies and cream I want to be associated with cookie dough I think it's like a better style and But, but you can go either way she's firmly team cookies and cream right and will never be cookie dough Right. Wow. Thank you. Ashley's slow copying my metaphor. And, <laughs> and honestly, it's so my. It on makes the so much sense. Okay. Now that you've come up with this beautiful metaphor for us to go off, who did you interview? Okay. Well, <laughs> no disrespect at all to Laura. Thank you. I thought maybe it would it would behoove us to ask someone who's a user and a little bit of an expert. So I called upon The Verge's beautiful and talented copy editor, Kara Verlaney. She's very enthusiastic about all things grammar and punctuation and spelling, etc. Did you or did you not go to a copy editor's conference? I sure did. I was like so excited about it too. And it was just a lot of like people holding panels talking about how to copy edit. And it was like a dream. When I worked at The Verge, Kara was my copy editor and I love her very much, but it truly was a real source of conflict that she would constantly take out my exclamation points and my all caps, all these things that I felt I really needed for emphasis. So I will say this is anything that I adhered to were not personal style choices. Like there's a guide, there's a a set of commandments that one follows. Kara explained to me that she's actually really careful about exclamation points because of the way they're associated with gender. The exclamation point kind of has this connotation of like being nice or excited and women are more likely to use exclamation points so that they don't come off sounding like abrasive or rude. So like have a good day, like a man is less likely to use an exclamation point after a phrase like that than a woman. I asked Kara how she personally feels about typing with proper punctuation and capitalization in her everyday life. Does she fight autocorrect? I don't really think I fight it on capitalization, but I I definitely don't always use punctuation if I'm being flippant, I suppose. I like capping acronyms as well. That's like something that I think is fun. (laughs) And sometimes I make up my own acronyms and then I'm like, this should be capped because it's totally worthy of whatever I have to say. So she gets loose with some stuff, but things like spelling are absolutely a no-go. I think like the big thing is 
the things that probably annoy everyone, like the wrong your, the wrong there. If someone just refuses to spell something correctly, because it's ironic, maybe. I mean, I rarely go out of my way to correct people in my like off time because that's what I do. <laughs> so I don't want to like do that forever. Kara very helpfully addressed an important question of context. Twitter versus text. Audience versus the void. You know, unless you tweeted at me correcting something that I said and in that tweet there was like a typo. Like I think everything is not really necessarily directed at someone. I think it's just kind of your platform to say whatever you want, however you want to say it. In text conversations, I guess it's the same thing. Like the person that you're speaking to, you probably have an understanding of how the other person speaks. So you want to use the letter U for you. That translates with that person, I would assume. You use that syntax. It makes sense with that conversation. Kara doesn't mind autocorrect, but she hates the suggested emoji feature. Sometimes when I have the big, huge chunk paragraph text, those like emoji suggestions pop up and they distract me and I like lose my train of thought. And then I have to like go up and like scroll up and read the whole thing again to know where I am. It's very frustrating. She is humiliated when she makes a public mistake that takes away from her personal brand as copy queen. I have a very distinct memory. It was over the summer. I went to a rooftop bar and my friend walked out of the rooftop bar with a like handful of prosciutto and I snapped it to a, another friend and I misspelled prosciutto and I was so upset with myself and no one pointed it out to me but I of course caught it and I think I put an, a following snap of like a black background. <laughs> it's like I'm so sorry that I misspelled prosciutto because I was so disappointed in myself. Wow, I cannot believe Kara, my copy editor, <laughs> does not know how to spell prosciutto. All right, all right. Well, can you spell prosciutto right now on this podcast? <laughs> I kind of doubt it. Do I dare try? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't think I could. I should know how to spell prosciutto. I know this isn't a podcast <laughs> where we're going to talk about all the boys, but I'm going to talk about boys for a second here. There was a time in my life where— Oh, boy. I was buying prosciutto weekly. This was when I first moved to New York, and I would flirt with the man who sold me prosciutto every week, and we went on multiple dates, and I called him prosciutto guy. He was saved like that in my phone. Wait, how um, did you spell it in your phone? Oh, Lord. I definitely deleted the number. I'm going to try to spell prosciutto right here, right now, and I know it's going to be wrong. I don't know. Okay, I think like maybe we can, um, we can lay the prosciutto debate Terrest, <laughs> please do tweet at Ashley if it's, you know how to spell prosciutto. Moving on temporarily from Italian deli staples, who are we talking to next about punctuation? Good cue, Caitlin. We're talking to <laughs> Lauren Collister, a sociolinguist at the University of Pittsburgh, and she's going to tell us all about autocorrect, why Kara loves periods, and why Laura hates capital letters. She's going to psychoanalyze both of them on air. We're not going to waste her time by asking her to spell prosciutto. Definitely not. Pinky swear. So we are back and we are here with Dr. Lauren Collister, a linguist and librarian at the University of Pittsburgh. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Let's get into it. Since we're talking about why people deliberately text in lowercase, basically like why you have you make the choice to fight autocorrect because you want it to be in all lowercase. If we could start, I guess, talking just a little bit about like what makes text messages or 
tweets different than other forms of written communication. So an interesting thing about texting and tweeting is that it's an informal way of writing language down. So it's different from other forms like letters or you know contracts, receipts, even email in some cases, because those are a formal way of writing. So there are conventions. There's a, an introductory line where you have to put a comma. You have to put the date in a specific place. You have to use a certain form of language that people generally perceive as very formal. And if you don't use the formal language, it gives maybe the wrong impression. So if you use very casual language, if you use slang in a letter um, or a formal message written, at, written down, then it isn't seen as proper. And we're taught that in schools, in elementary school. And many of us have been learning this for years and years. But when you get to text messaging or tweeting, there aren't really rules for that that we've been taught. They are more informal. They are quick they are intended to be more like those quickly written notes that you pass to your friends in class or a you know quick note to yourself, a reminder of something that's interesting that you might not have a specified formal way of writing these things down. And so without those constraints of the structure being very formal, then we have room to play and people can express themselves in a certain style in using different means of language that can show that they're a little bit different from everybody else. They have their own way of writing, just as we have our own way of speaking to each other. You know, when you're speaking language, we can be in formal situations and informal situations as well. So a formal situation might be something like a podcast interview or a job interview or a public lecture where you're expected to use a certain kind of language. But when you're speaking to your friends, when you're out at a bar, when you're talking on the phone, maybe to your close family, uh, you can use a more informal language and a little bit more of your style, your own personal way of speaking can come out. So that's what text messaging and to some extent for some people tweets with uh, different forms of so-called non-standard written language, like lowercase letters, uh, removing punctuation, using slang, using abbreviations and emojis and all kinds of things. Do you think we're more formal over email because it's just an older, it's older than texting? Like, I'm curious why email, which is still very internet based and like, it's not a letter. I can understand what you're saying where like growing up, you learn like, dear blah, 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 sincerely in a letter and like how it's supposed to be formatted. But why email was kind of spared of this, these strange conventions? That's a great question, and I don't think it's the same for everybody. So for people who have been using email and the Internet for a long time through our lives, it is a very flexible medium where it could be something formal where you actually have a, you know, dear so-and-so, I am writing to inquire about your open position, and you can have a, a closing and a signature line. So if you use email a lot for work, it might be formal in those cases, but then if you go and you email your friend to make plans for when they come to visit, then it might turn into something less formal. And uh, I've noticed that some people who are now in high school, uh, my stepdaughter, for example, thinks that email is very formal because that's what you use to communicate with your teachers. It's associated with school or it's associated with more formal things that um, people are starting to associate with a, a formal style of language. And it does have some of the aspects. It can have, and 
uh, often does have some of those aspects of a letter. So there's like a dear so-and-so, an introduction and a closing. And especially if you use like a signature line uh, that can signal some of those letter-like components and uh, cue us to use more formal language. Of course, that's different for everybody. And it depends on, for many people, what you're using your email for, right? So it's more of the situation than the medium. When I tweet, I force it to be all lowercase because I feel like if I were using capital letters and correct punctuation, it would look like too earnest. Like that's not the popular attitude mm-hmm. on Twitter. Is that something I'm making up in my brain? No, you're not making that up. Um, this is a widely observed phenomenon. So there was this study about maybe two years ago about the period specifically and how people perceived that when they received a text message or a message in some sort of informal internet medium that ended with a period, it was seen as somehow angry or rude. Whereas if there was no period, it was seen as, you know, more informal, more friendly. And it was a really interesting study because it showed that, you know, by adhering to these formal mechanisms for punctuation, people perceive a greater formality, which indicates a greater distance between the people. So if we're best friends and all of a sudden I start talking to you like I'm in a formal job interview and I start using big words and exact correct grammar in all cases, then it's weird, right? And it indicates that there's like a distance between us where I have to be very respectful versus a, you know, when we're close, we can you know, we have our own language, we have our own style that we use together in formal language and slang. And, you know, it's one way of indicating that is to use non-standard language. And one of those things has become the different use of punctuation in texting and social media. So, no, you haven't made that up. And there's actually a study all about this. So then what's up with these people, um, Kara, who we interviewed earlier, that use periods in every sentence? And then they. I, I also went out with a guy once who was like, well, it's just the proper way to type, and I'm not going to compromise the proper punctuation just because it makes you feel more comfortable, basically. And I'm like, what? It's insane to use periods everywhere in your texts. What's up with that? <laughs> Who are these people? That's What's going a- on in their brains? So that's, again, the style, right? So the people who do that might value that sort of formal writing, that that um, that kind of tone. I'm sure we all know these people in our relationships, our friendships who are, you know, always, you know, have something very important to say or who can go on at length about uh, interesting studies or politics and speak in a very formal way all the time when they're talking about these things. And that's their style. It's a different style and one that might clash with people who are more informal in these situations. But it's really about personal style and how you want to represent yourself through language and the choices that we make about whether we use periods in every sentence to adhere to more formal grammar or if we are a little bit looser, a little bit freer, play a little bit more with our language can say something about our our personalities, how we view ourselves, what we think is important in life. And just as the way as when we speak, if we use certain words or phrases can indicate where we are from or where we grew up, using periods or using proper capitalization can indicate that we are 
you know, perhaps educated or that we are writers or that we are intellectuals or that we value a formal tone in some way. And that says something about a person's style and personality. And that's just another way of being able to express that oneself in a kind of different way that might be slightly different from the people around you to be a little bit of an individual. So I think those people, there's they're just choosing a different style of communicating and it might clash with some of the expectations, but by choosing that style and communicating in that way, they are going to run into those clashes. And we as humans who are really great at communicating, uh, we navigate this in our everyday lives all the time. So it's just another new way of navigating that. Do you think that the norms around texting are totally established now or is it still developing? Like, Yes, there are these people who make me uncomfortable when they use periods after every sentence and capitalize. But like, as you mentioned, it's them expressing their personal style. <laughs> and so I, I guess I, I'm curious if like that's just going to keep going on or if these people for who I think are in the wrong will relent and eventually just start typing like me the proper way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beautiful thing about language is that it is always changing and always developing. When a language stops changing for either an individual or as a whole society, that's a bad sign for that language. So one of the hallmarks of a living, robust language is that it is always changing. So that means that the forms, the grammar, the words, the vocabulary, the phrases, the tone, they're going to keep changing over time in spoken language, in text messaging, in whatever the next version of social media is that we're going to have. There will be new things to learn, new forms of language to play with, and new ways to ex express ourselves. You know, people, as they go through their lives, change their way of speaking sometimes. They change their way of using language. They learn new forms. They start realizing that, oh, you know, this thing that I've seen other people do is actually valuable for me. And I might want to accommodate to that, to pick up some of this and bring it into my own way of speaking because I've seen its value and I like it and I've gotten used to it. It's no longer weird and new. This happens all the time. And even what people develop the skill to do is to accommodate to whoever they're speaking to. So if you become, you know, really good friends with somebody and they are very casual and very informal when they text, there's been a lot of studies. There was one very recently that shows that people are more likely to use more text-isms or text-speak or, you know, whatever it is that's informal language if the person they're speaking to is doing that. So if, you know, my friend uses lots of emojis in her text messages to me, but I don't typically use emojis, I might use them back to her because I see her doing them. And that's something we learn about each other over time. And it's something that we can develop as these ways of speaking or ways of using language become more entrenched in society and more broadly used. So that accommodation is something that people can develop, but also it's about getting used to things. So your friend who uses periods at the end of every sentence might eventually come to realize that, oh, you know, this isn't really conveying the message that I want to send here. And I can send a different kind of message or a different kind of tone by using this different form. And they might decide to do that or they might not decide to do that. 
it's about their style, but also about accommodating to the person they're speaking with and also about language change for an individual and for a society. Are there, I guess, like such things as like language influencers? I'm specifically thinking of former One Direction member Niall Horan, who puts two spaces around every piece of punctuation, which I am now very tempted to do because I think it looks whimsical and I also love him. But is this something that exists in a like, broader, less silly sense? Yes. There's always been people in the popular eye, right, who might have a, a specific word or phrase that they use that becomes cool because somebody who's a celebrity or a pop star uses it. So now when things go viral, it seems like a word or phrase becomes really popular for a short period of time while something is has gone viral. And the most uh, prominent example of this, I think, was on fleek. So there was just the one video where the the woman uses that phrase and that goes viral and then suddenly everybody for a short period of time is using that referring to this one person who just used it once right and then it spreads and more and more people see it more and more people use it but then as soon as well basically it's as soon as adults start using it and realize what's going on like grown-up people then it becomes uncool again and it dies so this is just slang this is how slang gets created. This is how um, new cool vocabulary gets created and spread. But it also happens with more formal things too. So most notably, you know, this happens in literature and poetry. So an example is Gertrude Stein. So she was a noted hater of exclamation points and question marks and used these the very um, flattened sentence style in her writing. And then writers who came after her, like uh, Ernest Hemingway, E.E. E. Cummings, also used that flattened style. And E.E. E. Cummings is like notable for, you know, lowercase all over the place and punctuation, unusualness. So, you know, this one person writing in this one style affects other writers who write in a different style. So this is not just something related to social media, but it's something that happens quite often throughout all kinds of other forms of language. Yeah, I think the influencers, the language influencers in my life are my friends. I remember our friend Lizzie used types the word damn, D-A-M-B, for some weird reason. (laughs) I I should ask her about this. But at the time when I first saw her do this, I was like, that's weird. And now I do it. And I have a friend who, instead of writing like probably or prob or whatever, she writes prowly, P-R-O-L-L-Y. And when I first saw that, I was like, That's weird. But now I use it, too. Yeah. I accidentally stole O spit from Lizzie, too. Yeah. Damn it, Lizzie. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, you know, this is how we form um, in groups, right? So you have a group of friends and, you know, we have things that we do together with our groups of friends. But we also have ways that we talk that define us as a group. We have in jokes. We have things that we had one friend say once and it was really silly or whatever. And we adopt that as a indicator of, oh, yeah, I've been around when I saw you, you know, say that weird thing. And I'm going to use that word or phrase to remind us all of it because we're all friends and we've known each other for a long time. So that form of language that develops in groups of friends like that, where you you all influence each other all the time, that's the way we we get these small, you know, uh, community of practice kind of based language. So there, there's a big study. Um, Penny Eckert did this in a high school where she in Detroit, where she studied language with jocks and burnouts in the school. And this is back, you know, 
couple of decades ago. So it's a little bit old now, but people still do these studies today where you look at a group of friends in a school and you find out, oh, these folks use these kinds of words or they speak the local dialect much more strongly. And this other group of friends either, you know, uses a different set of words or, you know, uses a different version of the local dialect or has just avoided using the local dialect altogether because of, you know, something about the way they identify. So it's really interesting. Those those friend groups, those language influencers, as you say, can really uh, drive that language change and result in some really interesting language situations, even in a small area or a small group of people where, you know, two groups of people will speak very differently, still be able to understand each other, but be able to mark themselves as part of one group or another based on the way they speak. So I think we're going to wrap up here, but I guess we need to know who we're talking to here. Do you use lower all lowercase ever, or are you a true punctuation queen who loves to use the proper periods and whatnot? I'm a code switcher. Oh, wow. So I, I will use all lowercase when I'm texting somebody informally when I'm texting with my husband or my best friend. But when I'm texting with, for example, my stepmother who uses very formal language in her text messages, I will accommodate to her and try to do that back so that we're speaking the same language. But I will switch my style depending on what I'm talking about and who I'm talking to. Wow. A true linguist Um, and very thoughtful. (laughs) I try. So, did we get an answer to our question from Lauren? Well, that interview was amazing. I loved talking to her. Me but too. I guess the answer is just that, I mean, there's no right or wrong way. Typing is truly a style. It's just a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. And I think Kara kind of hit on this with her idea of why certain things bother her, like language, like misspellings bother her versus you didn't use a period or capitalize a city is because now using lowercase feels like a stylistic choice and not an error. Right. Whereas if I keep misspelling words, you're like, okay, girl, what happened here? <laughs> I think like what I thought was most interesting about Lauren's interview was that she really emphasized how a lot of these things are because of the platforms that we're using. So because of the limitations of texting, which you couldn't use like bold or italics or a lot of these other things that you can use in a more formal place like in an email people had to do other stuff so you had to do all caps if you wanted to emphasize something you do like extra exclamation points maybe you you can use the literal reactions in iMessage that are exclamation points for that emphasis yeah and it's also like it's very context dependent like when you learn to use a platform affects how you use it yeah that that was actually very interesting because she almost made it sound like if in school we had, I don't know what teachers teach today, so perhaps someone out there is teaching students how to text. I don't know. <laughs> but when we went to school, we didn't learn how to text. So she kind of made it almost sound like if there was a curriculum around that and a formality, like we all know how to address a letter, how to write a letter, like dear blah, 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 sincerely or love in certain contexts, maybe there wouldn't be all of these questions. Yeah. Certain writers would always have their stylistic choices, like using run-ons or like whatever. But it just seems like now there's just so many ways to communicate and there's no necessary rules around it that we're all going to just start (laughs) doing whatever we want 
just using the correct two and two. <laughs> also, I mean, like thinking about the the context issue, I feel like we didn't learn how to text in school, but we did learn how to type on a keyboard. Whereas like my dad did not learn how to type on a keyboard in school. Also, I've probably brought this up on a previous episode because one of my main grievances in life, my third grade computer teacher who was teaching us to type was like, if you can type 90 words per minute, you can have any job you want. <laughs> In the modern marketplace, you will be That's so left over from so like hireable. when women could just be secretaries. I resent it. Like, I think about it almost constantly. I'm like, yeah, I dedicated my entire freaking life to learning how to type quickly. And now my only skill is blogging. Yeah, I was going to say, anyway. now they should be teaching them like how to get on top of the memes first. <laughs> you could grow your Instagram account and be an influencer. But... I guess to return to the point I was actually going to make before I got sidetracked by my long-held rage, um, <laughs> my dad did not learn to, how to type in school. So his when I get emails from him, they're actually way less formal than an email that I would send to anyone because he's like typing it out one keystroke at a time and he does not have the time or patience to do complete sentences, to yeah. do capital letters. Well, like, you also have parents who text where it's overtly formal. Like Laura mentioned this, call me as soon as you can, period. Yes. It's like, whoa, 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 who's dead? Yes. Like immediate thought, who's dead? And that's just how parents text because it's true. Like they didn't come up in this context, whereas I'm sure – the teens now are doing some crazy stuff that I have no idea what's, what, what I would make of it. And I'm going to be that lady who's like, call me soon emoji. And they're like, emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like our the answer to our question is many, many more questions. But like kind of the answer is just like language is flexible and it's like really adapted based on your your cultural context totally based on relational context. Like she said that you will respond to an email with like the level of formality or casualness that you were addressed with, particularly if the person you're talking to is more powerful than you. Yeah. Like the I emailed um Corey Saitja. Love him. Um, who is who used to work at Vox, he used to work with us at Vox now. He's the New York Times style editor, so he's obviously much more powerful than me. <laughs> and I sent him a very, very formal email and he responded like, Hey bud, and like very like very casual, yeah. like exclamation points, lowercase. So then after that I was like oh no, I need to synthesize the original formality and like the <laughs> level of familiarity that he's going with into something that doesn't seem totally psychotic. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up. So as usual, we want to thank our producers, Andrew Marino and Bridget Armstrong. They're the best. You can email us at buttonattheverge.com if you have anything you want to say. You can follow Caitlin on Twitter at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany, all lowercase. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley R. Carmen. Is there anything I missed? Well, we have one small favorite to ask. We're doing an episode about emoji skin tones. We would love to hear from anybody who listens to the pod. So please write to us if you use an emoji skin tone that is not your own or if you make a point of using only the weird gold default color and never selecting uh, a skin tone. That's the episode. Case closed. We're regular sleuths. We feel great about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Leave us a review. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye.